Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Sports Broadcaster of the Year on the show with back-to-back Montana Broadcaster Association Awards for sports coverage and award-winning sports journalism. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. The University of Montana gets a new basketball transfer. The Root Sports Big Sky Conference television schedule is officially released. And the Seattle Seahawks, an in-depth look at the upcoming season. It is to tell Nuanas on 1029 ESPN Radio and SWX Montana Television. Great to be with all of you here as we hang out on a Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for spending some time with us on your radios, on your TVs, on your devices, etc. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 and Sealy Online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can find us on the World Wide Web as well, 1029ESPN.com there. You can listen to the stream. Use your device, your computer, hiding from your boss, put the earphones in, the whole deal. You can get it that way. Maybe you're out of market. Who knows? You know, Equatorial Guinea is nice this time of year. Maybe you're there. You can still listen. You get yourself a hotspot, and you have yourself two telling from four to six every single day. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Ever since I went out on my own with my own media arm, there's, you know, you can do back-end analytics on your website, yeah, and you it, tell, it, it tells you the port, point of origin. Mm-hmm. And ever since I launched Skyline Sports 2015, there's been this point of origin in Turkey. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh, is this a bot? Or, you know, what what's the deal? Well, I'm in Bozeman last week. This is just to say that there might be somebody in New Guinea that's listening to the show. You sure. just never know. 
this is why the internet is insane. But this guy comes up to me, he says, Hey, my name is Ross and I've been following your work forever. He goes, it's so great because I live in Turkey. I said, I've been looking for you forever, Ross. <laughs> I'm so glad you're a real person and not a bot. This is so great. And it turns out he was an assistant sports information director at Montana State years and years and years ago, and he still loves the Bobcats. What a deal. So funny. How about that? So you never know. Maybe somebody is listening to the live stream in New Guinea or Ecuador or something. And if you are, hello. That's right. Welcome. Happy to be here. Go to sleep now. Okay. Uh Let's see what else. Oh, if you want to call, you can do that. 329-1899, 329-1899, the phone number. All guests are in this via the Range Brothers RV phone line. We've got a few things going on in the show today. Got some tickets to give away. Going to send you out. We've been giving these away last week. We're going to give some more away this week to Phillipsburg uh, this Saturday for the Phillipsburg Music Festival. Uh, big concert lineup, food, drinks, silent auction, also a benefit, a fundraiser for the GSA and for the Peaberg Rotary Charities. Charity. So we'll be sending you uh, out to that. A great day to be had uh, this weekend over in Phillipsburg. We also uh, are going to have here in about 30 minutes, looking forward to this, Garrett Middletons, who is uh, from the Big Sky Celtic Games. He was in with us last year mm -hmm. down the Bitterroot uh, every year uh, down there at uh, the Daily Mansion in Hamilton. The uh, Big or the uh, Big Bitterroot Celtic Games and Gathering take place. So that is happening uh, as well this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So uh, he will come in here talk to us about that. He brought some props. He's already here. And uh, so we'll get him in here to talk about some of the stuff that he's got. Hopefully, uh, it will not incur too much damage, you know, in the studio. We are going to have a discussion, which I think is a very pertinent one, a very important one. It's one that you're going to want to set your timers for. In fact, a couple such discussions. The first one, in about 45 minutes, who should be the sports czar? Who should be the, the czar of all sports in uh, uh, the United States of America. I know what the answer is, and uh, we'll hear some other wrong answers as well. And also at 5.30, Tommy uh, will has an opportunity to redeem himself, but will invariably dig himself into a deeper hole about the greatest front men in all of, in all of music. Uh, he, I mean, he, he left me aghast yesterday, utterly nonplussed with his absurd and stupid answer. <laughs> about the best front man in sport in in uh, sports in music best front man in music history awful so he'll come back in here he'll defend a defenseless position and he will be left in humiliation at 5 30 uh colter want to start today with a couple of things uh we'll start with utah and uh the transfer that the university of montana has obtained from the Utes, gotten from the Utes, Nassim Gaskin, a 6'3 guard. This is basketball, men's basketball that we're talking about. And uh, interesting, Nassim Gaskin uh, from Oakland, California. So, of course, Travis Zakir, a long history in the Bay Area. Uh, originally a three-star recruit out of high school, was ranked in the top 50 in the state of California by both ESPN.com and 247sports.com. He was the number 37 overall player in the state of California, high school player in the state of California, according to ESPN.com, going back a year ago. He redshirted last year for Larry Kristoviak, obviously another Montana tie at the University of Utah, and now... Coulter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls, I love Rainbow's End, I love the Blackfoot River. 
You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase hugely the the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of Montana. It's pretty likely you already know Blackfoot as a local partner for internet, voice, professional services, anything you need to fuel your growing business. But like you said, they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across Montana. And right now, they're expanding their fiber network into Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and other regions. Find out more about what Blackfoot does. Give them a call, 866-541-5000, or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site, or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. Now is going to transfer to the University of Montana. Presumably we'll have to sit out a year, and so... He's already redshirted, so this is a full year of eligibility that is lost, but he is still just a freshman heading into this season, uh, and so would, even even with losing a year on the transfer, have three years of eligibility. Uh, when uh, the original transfer from BYU could not come uh, and, and I think was, was uh, not able to get admission into the University of Montana, and this is, I don't know, this is a backup plan necessarily because this is not a graduate transfer, so this is not for this season it seems like. But obviously, when you look at the you know the numbers associated with this kid, uh, uh, a very good player uh, on the surface of it, a you know a long guard, six feet three inches tall, uh, and but a perimeter guy, and uh, you know this is another uh, uh, a good get, another quality player uh, for Travis DeCure and his staff. It's it's just so amazing the the culture of college basketball right now. It's also so amazing how. Sometimes something that might seem detrimental to your program can actually work out to be better long term, both long term and short term. Jasheer Hartnett, the graduate transfer from BYU, he was a good player. He was a good player. That also, you know, there's always multiple sides to every story, but when you basically get kicked off or your team for being insubordinate or you fall out of favor and you decide to transfer because it's been made very clear that your insubordination is going to not not cater to any more playing time for you you know a lot of times guys take advantage of their second chances whatever what i'm saying is it's, it's just it's always a red flag you never know with a guy like that he's also a graduate transfer who is uh was a veteran type guard but but not anything spectacular he was going to be solid and he's going to help montana shore up its backcourt i think that's what travis takir wanted given the fact that they lost, you know, steadiest guy in the league in Ahmad Rory. But I'm watching Nassim Gaskin's highlight film right now. There's no question that Nassim Gaskin is significantly more talented than Jasheer Hartnett. Is he going to be better next year? Obviously not. He's not going to play next year. He's a young guy that's going to be a developmental project. Watching him shoot, he needs a little work on his shooting, but he is an unbelievably explosive athlete. I mean, this highlight tape is ridiculous. He's straight just dunking on people over and over and over again. Uh, Keith DeMolder, who's a new guy over at SWX, he worked for a California preps site just doing some scouting stuff. And it's kind of like a rivals.com or a scout.com, but just a, Cal, Southern California specific. And he said he he posted on Twitter, wow, great get for Montana. I've seen this guy play live, and he's an awesome, awesome player. So I think that obviously this guy's not going to help out Montana this year. 
but he's a better player than Jashir Hartnett. I think he has a lot more upside, and he's going to have three years of eligibility remaining too. So when, if you get a guy like Hartnett, that's a, it's a stopgap. It shores up what you need now, but it has no nothing to do with what you need for later. Sure. And so I, I don't know. I think that, that I didn't think when Hartnett couldn't get into graduate school here that it was as big of a loss. I, I think that one of the things that the Montana men's basketball season is going to hinge on next year is the freedom that's allowed Timmy Falls, especially if he is the guy that rises up to be the main facilitator. You and I have talked about this a lot, not on the show. I think that Timmy Falls is a guy that sometimes you have to take the bad with the good because if you just let Timmy Falls run the show, he's going to be erratic sometimes. He's going to turn the ball over every once in a while. He's also going to make some passes that literally no one else in the big sky can make and his creativity, it needs just it needs momentum within the span of the game to yeah. I mean Timmy's Timmy Falls Ahmad Rory is the, the master of five assists and no turnovers. Mm-hmm. Four assists and no turnovers. I mean, I think he had a four to one assist to turnover ratio last year. That's ridiculous for how solid he was. But I don't think Ahmad Rory had any more than seven assists in a game ever in his time at Montana. Timmy Falls could get you ten assists in a game, no question, especially with the weapons that they have if they let him run. That's just also gonna come with Probably a worse assist to turnover ratio. You're going to get, you know, three to one or maybe a two to one. And two balls are going to turn the ball over three, four times if he gets you the 10 assists. But the excitement that he brings, the amount of momentum he's going to bring. And I mean, we've seen Timmy Falls too. He, he is an up and down guy because of his emotions. But when he's up, let's go. And if he's making those passes, then when he plays defense, he's the biggest pest in the entire league. So I just, I, it's so interesting to me how they're going to manage that. Because if he is the guy, I just think they have to let the reins off a little bit, but I just don't know if this coaching staff has, has that in them because they are so fundamental and structured. Well, it, it is ironic where you go from not just last year, one of one of the steadiest point guards, both in emotion and in play ever that you're going to see in the Big Sky Conference in Ahmad Rory. I mean, just even all the time to one of the biggest roller coasters that you are going to see, both emotionally and in terms of his play, but when the wave is at its height, it, it's more than just an assist. It's more than just a bucket. It's 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 game changing momentum for your team. And sometimes you need those showstopper type guys, yes. especially when you have a great home court advantage yes. like Montana does. I mean, again, Ahmad Rory is awesome. But Ahmad Rory was far down the list in terms of guys that ignited Dahlberg Arena over the last couple of years. I mean, Ahmad Rory will hit that shot that squelches the other team's momentum. He's cold blooded. He's going to navigate the game for you perfectly. But it's Michael Ogine that's catching the backside out of the oop and throwing it down. You know, it's it's a lot of other guys, including Timmy Falls. He is certainly a fan favorite at Dahlberg Arena. No doubt. And I, I just think that if you can let the reins off a little bit, it could be pretty darn good. But also this helps the Grizz now reload as well because now when you look at some of the guys they have waiting in the wings, guys that are sitting out, they have a chance to be stacked in the future too, not just now. This is th- these are signings that are fortifying the program as a whole. Building. It's not yeah. necessarily when now this. I mean, there's been so much speculation on what Travis DeCure's next step is going to be, and if DeCure wanted to just completely ride the model of just trying to get his team as good as he possibly can for the upcoming season, so they can win an NCAA tournament game or two or whatever, whatever it takes for him to get that job that he wants to get or that we presume that he wants to get, okay, but to me, he's he's building this thing from both ends, and I think that that's going to leave Montana in a great place, even if he does leave. 
Stutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Garrett Middleton will join us in studio, talk about the Big Sky Celtic games. We also uh, will uh, get in about oh, 15 to 20 minutes from now to the root sports schedule and what effect this might have on uh, the teams playing on it, and particularly the University of Montana, who's in six games and why. Everybody talked, you know, this is the bitter, you know, the, the, the bitterness from around the Big Sky Conference. Uh, about how the University of Montana is on root sports so much more than everybody else, and they certainly are this year. But you know what? It's not just about the University of Montana in many of these games, and so we'll get into that and why that has fallen out this way. But also the varied kickoff times and the havoc that that could wreak or not, depending on your perspective, on the teams that are playing in these games throughout the year. So we'll uh, we'll get into uh, all of that stuff coming up as well. Right now, quickly, though, give us a call, 329-1899. Pair of tickets to the Phillipsburg Music Festival on uh, Saturday, August 17th, this Saturday from noon to 7. Lady Lou and the Bird Dogs, great, great folk music act. Uh, Ryan Chris and the Rough Cuts, Shakewell Home Cooking, all of them playing all day long. A giant, giant silent auction with all kinds of stuff from golf to alfalfa hay to a shed with a loft. I mean, you got everything at this uh, thing. Going to be a fun day. Everybody knows how fun it is to go down to Phillipsburg, check out the uh, Paradise Valley. Beautiful down there. And, uh, and uh, I don't know, maybe mine some ore go to the candy shop, do the thing, and then have a great day. Benefits to GSA and the Phillipsburg Rotary Charities. 329-1899. You want a pair of tickets right now. 329-1899. Go down to Phillipsburg. Have a great weekend. Quick break. Back. Big Sky. Celtic Games next. Check. Check. Bitterroot. Celtic Games. Mm. I, had the big, I had the Big Sky on the mind. Sorry. There Bitterroot Celtic Games. Bitterroot Celtic Games. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. But with the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Well, I came home like a stone. Now, I don't know if Mumford and Sons is Celtic per se, <laughs> but it's Irish. I mean, it's That's more Celtic than country yeah, yeah. or metal. You know, heading in the direction. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway, Missoula, Highway 83, and Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. And we welcome in the coach of the Corvallis track and field team, and also today the uh, representative for the Bitterroot 
Celtic Games, our old friend Garrett Middleton. Garrett, how are you, man? Welcome back to the show. Good to have you on. Hey, thanks for uh, having me again. Absolutely. You get to be our Opportunity Bank coach for our Coach's Corner. Let me tell you something. That's nothing to take lightly. You know what I mean? <laughs> Huge that's, honor. That's, you that's, stand in front of a sign. That's right. It's you great. Get the whole thing. So uh, let's jump into this thing. Uh, the Bitterroot uh, Celtic Games has, uh, I gathered a lot of momentum over the years and is something that is now uh, kind of a known commodity in the region that this is something that happens each year down at the Daily Mansion, uh, you know, in Hamilton. But we know that there's a lot of people coming and going in the state and in Western Montana and turnover and stuff like that. So just again, reset for us the the, the sort of idea behind what this this whole event is well the event here in hamilton it's the 10th year of the celtic games and gathering and a group of people uh, about 11 years ago got together and said hey we need to celebrate our celtic heritage and we started 10 years ago and now it's what you see now and actually in hamilton this year it's uh, celtic week and they mayor proclaimed it uh, celtic week in hamilton that's pretty good that's the that's the thing you got to be when you can ju- when you're just the executive and you get to make proclamations about your town. That's pretty great, especially when it's a good town on. like Hamilton. Absolutely. Everybody everybody knows what's going on. So tell us tell us about first the sporting aspect of this, but then also about some of the other stuff because you guys have other things going on just be, besides just the actual games. But start with, I mean, you got some fun stuff. Anybody out there yeah, watching on, on here, SWX right? Montana? We got the we got the pitchfork here. So what do you do with this thing? Well, uh, you don't just toss hay with it. We toss the sheaf, and the sheaf is one of the events that you'll see going on at the games this weekend. And it's a 16-pound burlap bag, and you stab your pitchfork in it, and you throw it as high as you can. So how high How high is high? What's a good mark? Well, 30 foot is a pretty good mark. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's really high. I mean, you're talking about a bowling ball. Yeah, right. On the end of a pitchfork. A big bowling ball, too. I mean, it's big, but it's 16 pounds, right? That's, 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 that's right, yeah, 16 yeah, yeah. pounds. Yeah, that sounds like a broken back to me. No doubt. Okay, so then what What would you call this guy here? So what you got there? Well, we talked about track and field before, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that is the first hammer. That is a Scottish hammer. Ah! 16-pound so ball and a 50-inch PVC pipe. So you're throwing this hammer style, spinning in the circle. Well, you're and... not actually spinning, so you have to be planted. Your feet are in the ground. You can't move your feet, and you spin around your head three times and, and let it go behind you. You. Do, you do like the helicopter with it. Ah, it's... right, but you have to be planted. You have to be feet, planted. Feet planted. Dang. Yeah. Okay, so th- for those that are listening on the radio and cannot see, this is a... Uh, I would say what about a four foot PVC? Uh, inch, yes. Yep, about four foot PVC pipe on. And this is a shot put, right? Basically, yeah. yeah Sixteen you, pound did shot. You make this? I do make those. Yes. H- how do you? How do you make this? A lot of trail and error. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what? What, I mean, what do you call like, this thing? It seems like dangerous if you don't have the PVC properly attached. The ball goes shooting off. And now you're breaking all manner of things. That that's true. But with the PVC, you got the bell end, so it just wedges in there just right. What do you call this thing? It's Scottish, Scottish hammer. hammer. Scottish hammer. I love Scottish it. That's hammer. great. Uh, what other what other events are going on? Uh, 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 like the, the athletic event? Are you throwing timber? We are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Montana here. You know, got plenty of trees, but these we toss cabers. You know, the telephone poles and yes. those can range. We have little ones for the kids, all the way up to you know twenty foot and uh, one hundred and twenty eight pounds. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you've been coaching throws that at Corvallis, you said, for 15 years, so yeah. that's that's cool. Um, but there's there it seems like there's a little bit of crossover here between the traditional modern track and field sports and some of these stuff. It, that, that must be interesting for you to kind of see the origin of the hammer thrower, the origin of some of these other throwing events. Absolutely. That's kind of where the, you know, say Olympics got their start. And, and uh, in Scotland, where you have the two stone throws, which looks just like the Olympic shot put. Right. And the hammer throw is very similar to the... Uh, um, the, the Scottish hammer. And you also have the weights for distance, and it's kind of a discus-style technique. So this is not just a Montana thing, though, right? I mean, there's a way to cl- kind of climb the ladder in the Celtic Games. and I mean, there's championships and things for That's this, right? That's right, yeah. There's there's world championships. I mean, you, you have them for, for men, so you have professional athletes that travel all over the country, you know, U.S. and, and outside, and you have women's professional, um, as long as masters uh, world championships. The Bitterroot Celtic Games and Gathering. It's Saturday and Sunday. There's a little bit on Friday night, uh, which Gary can tell us about online, bcgg.org. Uh, do, if people want to go down and want to go down and see this, tickets, food, what's the situation down there? How so, does it work? Situation is the, the best plan is to park at Hamilton High School, and you get a mm. free shuttle from mm. the Hamilton High School and get dropped off right at the gates. Which is good, because if we know one thing about Celtic Games probably going to need a ride <laughs> that, that would be a smart idea yeah. <laughs> okay. very good so park at the high school you get a dry you'll get a ride over to the daily mansion yep you get out uh, i believe t- uh, tickets for adults are ten dollars and kids are under that i know 11 and under is free so if you have little ones uh, you're not not paying for them to get in the doors cool and there's stuff going all, on all day on saturday from 9 a.m till 10 p.m and this is cool too because uh, uh, you know yeah you can go and you can watch you know the, the 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 Scottish Hammer you can go watch the pitchfork toss and all the other ones as well but there's also a ton of music there's dancing I know that's going on at this thing and not just like you know stand up and dance but actually classes and things like that right people teaching how to do traditional kind of folk and and Celtic style dances right this is you know a learning event as well too so yeah. we have people teaching you you know what the what the clans are and how to dance and and the piping and the drumming and and very everybody's very friendly so anybody has a question just you know go see somebody with a kilt on and ask them some questions now i know ryan wants to know what can he drink down there got some beers going on yeah there's uh, i know they have plenty of those going on and you also have some meat and scotch tasting Mm -hmm. as well too okay okay uh, what is the thing to you when you go down? You you've been at this kind of year in and year out now for some time, Garrett. But what are the things when you go down there that you look forward to the most? You know, I really look forward to just seeing everybody that you get to meet over the years, and we come from all different backgrounds and all over Montana and the Northwest, and just seeing people year after year, and we're all there kind of for the same re- reason to celebrate our heritage and really just to have a good time. Is there a higher quotient of redheads that this <laughs> in the general population? You know, I believe so, because Scotland does have the most redheads. Right. Yeah. That's the deal, right? Isn't that the yes. thing? Okay. Uh, again, it's the Bitterroot Celtic Games and Gathering. Uh, it is uh, Saturday and Sunday, a little bit Friday evening if you're looking for it. Again, uh, bcgg.org. You can go uh, check it out, get tickets, make plans to go down. This is an awesome event. It's a real, it's a ton of fun for anybody that wants to go. You're going to see some very cool sports uh, that you're not going to see anywhere. 
anywhere else uh, if you go down to it. And also just have an enjoyable time, learn a little something, and, uh, and get to know your friendly Bitterroot neighbors. Maybe even bit, get a right? cool shirt, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's, exactly. that's, like the, that's like the family crest on there. Is this from yeah, your that, clan? Uh, no, that's the Rampant Lion mm. used for our logo on the early spring games that we put on. Right. Very good. Now, Very nice. How's the Corvallis track and field team looking? We feeling good about being the throws coach over there for Corvallis? Oh, absolutely. Feel good about it every year. I mean, there. I mean, Corvallis is. When was the last time you guys didn't place top three? Uh, My whole time covering sports in Montana seems like Corvallis is in the mix every year. We are. We are. We got. Uh, we got a great coaching staff and a lot of great kids that come through that want to work hard for us. What? How? How much? Uh, did you throw like in high school and college? Uh, I did. I did. I I threw discus and shot put in high school. And, and when did you start throwing the Celtic stuff? Ooh, they would have been actually ten years ago. Okay, uh, when, when, it, when it started, I okay. I watched it on ESPN, and I always wanted to do it, but there was nothing ever close by. And so, what did I do? You know, YouTube it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> throw some things. Right, right. That's fantastic. Well, Garrett, we appreciate that. Best of uh, luck to you in the upcoming. Well. Upcoming in some months away, uh, track and field season. And uh, look forward to uh, this weekend down at the Daily Mansion in Hamilton. Thanks for being here. Hey, thank you guys. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break when we come back. Root Sports schedule is set, and who should be the czar of sports? We'll answer both of these questions next. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well. Fiber, gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana, through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. Root Sports, the schedule is out for the Big Sky Conference Football Game of the Week. It's Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway and Missoula Highway 83 and Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. At Gus Tutel, at 102.9 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT. On Twitter, come check us out. We appreciate that, uh, Coulter. A couple things I want to go through here with you. First of all, the uh, the schedule and uh, kickoff times have been uh, officially released here for the game of the week from Root Sports, and the Montana Grizzlies are uh, featured in the Root Sports game of the week six times. Now, add to that one Pac-12 network game. And also the requisite once one time Pluto TV only game that all is this right? All Big Sky teams are subject to one week where that's a Pluto only game. Uh, may have to check into that. But in any case, six times on Root Sports, four and away the most 
uh, of any other team. Montana State is uh, featured two times. One of those games, of course, being the Cat Grizz game uh, at the last, you know, last game of the year. And you know, okay, Washington Grizzlies, the biggest stadium in the Big Sky Conference, draws the most fans. And so, you know, that's obviously in terms of the visual that you get, you know, best case scenario for the TV. Bozeman is, uh, uh, you know, has the second largest stadium, largest venue, uh, and most fans in the Big Sky. And yet they're only on twice. But the other thing that I think is worth considering this particular year, uh, because there's 12 teams that are playing Big Sky Conference football that are rolling their eyes at least at this schedule when it is released, uh, is the fact that the University of Montana, as we have talked about quite a lot, plays all four of the projected you know, themselves being one of the projected top five teams in the Big Sky Conference. They're the only team that does that. So it's, it is partially about Montana being Montana, but it's also about the strength of schedule. And the fact is, is that they have the hardest schedule, which means they are also playing, frankly, more marquee games than other top teams in the Big Sky Conference. And so, you know, Eastern Washington is featured three times. They went to the national championship game last year. They have half of the root sports games that Montana has. You know what? They also play two teams that are expected to be in the top five of the Big Sky Conference this season. And so that's a, at least a, a significant part, seems to me, of why that is the case uh, and, and why they are not on more, why other teams aren't on more than what Montana is. The other thing that's worth, first of all, let me just give you a chance on that. I mean, did you... That that is a very real consideration to make with a grossly unbalanced schedule like you have here, and it, the the chips may and will fall to other teams' benefit if it is a benefit to be on television on on Root Sports, which I think it is uh, uh, in subsequent years. But this is the year. I mean, Montana is always going to be considered first in this, but yep. then it's accentuated. It's it's uh, augmented by the fact that they have such a compelling schedule if you're putting this together th- from a television standpoint. Certainly. And it gets it gives you a chance to put Weber State on TV while also playing Montana. Right. I mean, that game's in Missoula, right? Like, why wouldn't you want that game to be on television? I mean, you have the premier venue in the league, and you have the Big Sky champions in Weber State coming to the premier venue in the league, which they haven't been here in several years. So... Uh, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Eastern Washington, Montana, that's going to be on TV, period, whether it's in Cheney or Missoula. That's going to be the root sports game of the week if it's if it's on the schedule. I think that the, the most uh, interesting part about this schedule is that it's been not just Montana dominant since they struck this TV deal. It's been Montana and Montana State dominant. It's not Montana State dominant this year. No, it's not. The Cats are only on here one time besides Cat Grizz, right? Yep. So it's been four or five Montana State games and four or five Grizz games and then the Cat Grizz game each year, almost every year. Now it's all these Montana games and not Montana State. That in itself, I think, is a point of contention on the on the other side of the hill, a uh, point of, of great um, glee in western Montana, a, a bragging right, to be sure, for the fan base uh, of the Grizzlies. Um, but I think there's a lot of compelling – I think the Grizz – to me, the Cats and the Grizz are the two most interesting teams in the Big Sky this year. And when you factor then also that the Grizz played the contenders, all the contenders, 
then it makes sense that the Grizz would have the most games on the television. The um, the one game that Montana State is playing on Root Sports uh, that is not the Cat Grizz game is against Southern Utah uh, in Bozeman on November 2nd. The five of the last five weeks feature either Montana or Montana State or both. The uh, one game that Montana is on Root Sports that you would go, well, couldn't you have found a different game is when the Grizz host Idaho State on October 5th. Now, Idaho State was a was a, a surprise team last year, a good football team. The other thing is, I don't know what the rest of the schedule looks like. Like, if Eastern Washington is playing Weber State that, game, mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. week, that's the game that should be on. But I don't know that that's the case. In fact, I'm sure it isn't the case. Uh, but that's the one thing. But when you look at Montana, UC Davis, yeah, I mean, that's going to be the game of the week regardless, uh, you know, it's, and it's not about... The oh, Cats, the cats NAU I mean, could be... at UC Davis. I mean, that, the Cats at NAU that week are, isn't it, or other way around, NAU at Montana State is an mm-hmm. intriguing game, but it's not It's not the defending league champions right. hosting... The, I mean, I'm trying to think of... I mean, this is one of the crazy calamities of this Big Sky's unbalanced schedule. I'm trying to think of the last time the Grizz went to Davis. I'm not actually sure the Grizz have been to Davis. I mean, I'm trying to think. I, I, I it, it's been a little while. It's been since we expanded Skyline to cover the Grizz since they've been to Davis. I'm pretty sure. Well, they go down to Davis the next week. That is that that September 28th. That opens Big Sky Conference play. The next week will also be a Root Sports game in Missoula against Idaho State. Then Northern Colorado at Eastern Washington. Idaho State at Idaho is the October 19th game, which I'm thrilled that this is a Root Sports game. This makes me very happy. And then after that. It's just Montana and Montana State. It's Eastern Washington and Montana on the 26th. Of course, that game, no matter where it's going to be played, is going to be the root sports game. So then Utah at Montana State. It's a good game for, for the Cats to have on there. Then Idaho at Montana in, you know, a, a, another rivalry-esque game in Missoula. Then Weber State at Montana, which is certainly going to be the game of the week in the big sky. I mean, who knows how the this season goes, but from this end, when you have to schedule it in advance, it's not like you can flex games in, into it, you know, from a root sports standpoint, you know, there, there's not, you got to set the schedule. Now that's the game of the week for sure. And then of course, you know, uh, uh, you know, the culmination of all of it on the 23rd in Bozeman with, 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 with cat Chris. So, I mean, that's, that's where you're at. The other, the so, most indicative part of this schedule to me. Yeah. Because Root Sports has had the television contract for uh, at least six years, maybe since the league expanded to to 13 teams in 2012. It might have been as long as, it might be the eighth season. It's either six or eight years, but they've had it for a handful of years, no doubt. There's a lot of times in the last five years where not marquee games have been on the schedule just because they involve the Cats or the Grizz. I mean, like the Cats at Northern Colorado has been on Root Sports. Right. The Grizz at Idaho State has been on Root Sports. To me, this indicates just that Root Sports is paying a lot better of attention. That mm. they're, I mean, they're picking the games based on the quality of the matchups. Yeah, I think it also helps though. It helps so much when the Cats, the Grizz, and Eastern Washington are all expected to be good because then you can just pick from those three teams. Okay, who else is going to be good? Okay, who are they playing? Okay, what's the best matchup? It just makes it a lot easier when you have more of the quote unquote premier teams better. This is the other thing I want to ask you about about this. Two Tillman Wannis, one two nine ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, is the Northern Alabama game. Now this is the Montana schedule uh, with all the times in here. A one o'clock kickoff at South Dakota. All these times, by the way, are Mountain times. Seven p.m. 
home first home game under the lights. Montana State also, I know, uh, opens their season at home uh, either 6 or 7 o'clock kickoff. Uh, then the following week at Oregon, 8.45 kickoff Mountain Standard Time. 7.45 Pacific Time uh, on, the, on the Pac-12 network. Then you got a, another afternoon kickoff against Monmouth. It's 2 o'clock against UC Davis, but again, that specific time is 1 o'clock Pacific Time, so it's still 1 o'clock, but, but 2 o'clock. Idaho State the following week, 1 o'clock. Then at Sacramento State, a 7 o'clock Mountain Time kickoff on Fox there. Then noon against Eastern Washington. Then 3. So all the root sports games are kind of afternoon games for the most part. But afternoon is a traditional, like 1 o'clock is kind of the traditional Mountain Time Zone kickoff, right? And with the exception, historically, going back, say, five years ago and before, so I'm mean, t- talking about recent history now. You would have maybe, not maybe, you would have one night game. I mean, if you go back, I re- you know, we can all, almost all of us remember when there was no lights at Washington Grizzly Stadium and there For was sure. no such thing as a night game. You were playing a day game. Uh, the first time they, I remember a night game was in the 2006 playoffs. They brought ESPN in. had to bring yes. the lights in. Yes. And then they lost to UMass by two points. Yeah, sophomore in college, Coulter Nuanas was one sad panda that day. Mm, tough deal. Uh, yeah, I mean, we 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 celebrated all day leading up to what we thought was going to be a surefire victory over UMass, and then it was not. It's, uh, it's tough. Well, John Calipari is a great coach. So, <laughs> um, but here's the thing that I want to touch on here. You got you go one o'clock week one, seven o'clock week two, eight forty five week three, back to one o'clock. Then you got some afternoon games, and then right in the middle of it, another night game at Sacramento State, and then a weird three three o'clock kickoff, you know, at Portland State. And so it it jumps around quite a bit, and it it is it's always so you know this maybe this is my own ignorance or whatever. I always find it so. F- so so funny, I guess is the word I'll use about the, the just amount of consternation that the the varying start times cause coaches. Mm. Now I am aware, I am aware, and by the way, we I talked about this. Riley Corcoran, a little preview here, is our guest for the ESPN roundtable tomorrow, and he is the voice of the Grizz, and we talked about this a little bit tomorrow. And he is as you know the play by play guy for the University of Montana. He travels with the team, and he, you know, will eat with the team. He's there all the time. He sees the progression of, you know, this is when we're going to wake up because this is when the kickoff is. So we're going to wake up now. We're going to go eat now. We're going to stretch here. We're going to rest here. Then we're going to go to the stadium. We're going to get, you know, our initial spat done and all that kind of stuff, the walkthroughs and so forth. Then we're going to come back, get dressed up, and go out. So my point is I'm well aware that there is a lot and and a lot that I, that I don't even know about the logistics of preparing to just even walk out onto the field to, to get ready to kick off a football game. But the the annoyance, the level of annoyance that many football coaches have at having grossly varied kickoff times seems to me like it's just the narcissism of college football coaches. Like it's it's just this, like all you got to do is like, okay, if you normally kick off at one and you got to do this at this time and now you're kicking off at seven, add six hours 
and just do it six hours later. Like, that's the thing. But I, I, I think it, the it's time clock of the body it, clock, right, and now right. it's weird for the players or whatever, and you got to switch it up. But you know what? Switch it up. Like, this, the, the habituated thing that is college football, both in practice and in preparation for a game, seems it's just crazy to me. Did you ever play a sport that's tournament-based? So sometimes, you know, you like baseball, for example, like when you're where, when you're playing just yeah. regular season, you know, just there's not high school baseball, but high school level age baseball, whether it's Babe Ruth or American Legion, you always play your games in the evenings. Yeah. And then when you get to tournament time, you get a 9 a.m. Sometimes game. you got an 8 a.m., yeah, a 9 a.m., yeah. a 10 a.m. Yes, I have. I have done that and in basketball. That, it is different. Yeah. It is different. It certainly is. And different. like a school like Montana State, you know, Jeff Choate has really, really, really wanted to let the guys have a high priority on academics. So they practice in the morning. And some people would say that that's really foolish in Bozeman, Montana in the spring because it's not spring. It's winter in March in Bozeman, no doubt. At 6 a.m., it is negative 10, and there is so much snow on that field. You're calling the facilities guys at 3 o'clock in the morning saying, hey, come out here and plow this thing for me. We're going to go today. But then if you're used to practicing at 6 a.m. and you got to play it, 6 p.m., it's a little different deal. But I agree, leading up to the game, just acclimate yourself to it. Practice that time for a week or a couple I, weeks. I mean, here's the thing. is like if the issue is we're used to going out here and running around and hitting each other at 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and now we got to wait till 7. And look, Riley brought up a good point. These, these kids, even if they're not practicing at 6 a.m., a lot of them are up at 5 a.m. I mean, they're up. The Montana players practice. They're practicing right now. They get to practice in the middle of the afternoon, but they've lifted. You know, they got a morning lift at five thirty six a.m. Whatever it is, and you know, I don't know the progressions of all that. I don't think it's all the players every day or whatever. But you know, they're they're up and at them, and they're they're getting after it. You know, early early in the day. Well, if you're if your norm is getting up at five a.m., going to do something physical, then eating, then going to class, okay, then coming back for practice. Then going and studying, eating dinner, and going to bed. And now you're in bed at 9 o'clock. And then you go to Oregon, and you're kicking the ball off at 8.45. You know, there's got to be some coffees in there somewhere for you. I mean, you know, you think a college kid is like, well, what's the big deal? They're up till 2 a.m. Well, not the football team. Not the bat. No, the athletes in general, like throughout the course of the week, they're they're. They're going to bed. We're going to bed before me and you. They got to be up at six a.m. Like even if they wanted to go out and 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 close it down, they 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 couldn't. I mean, they could, but then you know they'd pay for it. So that's the thing that I I do understand. But also, it's the same presumably for your opponent too, right? Like it's just the same for them. So I don't know. Put a nap in there. You know, two o'clock. Team nap time back in the hotel room, but I I just don't. It's just it doesn't seem like something that you got that. Maybe I'm making it bigger than they're making. I'm not taking. By the way, nobody said any Jeff Choate, Bobby Houck, or anybody else hasn't wasn't going no, right, off right. on this at any time. I'm just talking broadly about sure. coaches and their the the things that they seem to make this just changes their whole world dynamic. I think there's an element too, though, of just getting getting mentally prepared for game day when you have a noon kickoff that's a perfect time because you can wake up at a good you can you can wake up at a good amount of time you get a good night's sleep but still wake up early have breakfast so it's not too close to when you're going to have to perform start getting hydrated get taped you know the whole process 
it takes several hours, but Long then time. but then all of a sudden you're ready to roll because you've been up and you have that that morning energy still. But here, whereas if, when you have to just wait the whole time, I just I feel like when there's nerves and stuff like that, you know, it, it does affect your performance a little bit if you're not used to it. And you have to remember, college football players, the best of the best of the best ever. Guys like Robbie Grimsley and Easton Stick, who won four national championships and never lost a game, played it in the championship game four years in a row. You still only play 60 games in totally. your whole career. Right. But here's the thing. It also varies by guy, right? Like a guy like me, if we're kicking off at noon and I got to be up at 7, now I realize if you're getting up at 5 a.m. every single day, you get used to it and all that. And I've had plenty of times in my life where I've had to be up at 4.35 a.m. every day for long stretches and, you you know, you work into it. But it's not what I prefer. I would love having a 5 o'clock kickoff. Let me sleep in till 10. Get up, have brunch, brush my teeth, walk around for a while, and then start the process at 1 o'clock and getting ready to go. The other thing, if I'm a college football player and it's Saturday and I got to play at 7.45 p.m. Pacific time, you know what I'm going to do? Watch football. You're never going to watch college football if you're a college football player. The great irony. I think that's the point of of consternation is that I highly doubt that any coach, whether it's a home or away game, is letting his guys sit at home and watch college football. I guarantee you you're reporting to the stadium at the same time, and then you're just sitting there. Why? I don't know. I don't know why. All the stuff that these guys do is insane. Dude, I... Just go and watch Wisconsin, Iowa. I mean, I don't and know, man. Watch them play some football and just chill out. The whole thing is insane, man. You're not even allowed to watch practice anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man. This is good. This is a good tangent. This is good. This is a good tangent, really quick, though. Here, okay. I got an email from my dear mother yesterday, and she's always researching all sorts of things. But oh, I thought this was very interesting. She helpful. said it. This is an email about sleep. It's, this is a, a study about sleep. It said in sleep research, there's Different chronotypes referring to genetically predisposed best times to wake up and best hours to keep focused based on your actual DNA. Mm. So when people say they're night owls and then other people, they seriously cannot stay up yeah, past 8 right, p.m. Right, right. They have to and they have to get up at 4 like, a.m. You're a driving hazard after I mean, dark. Like my yeah. old man used to go to bed at like 730. It yeah. is like we got to eat dinner at four because I'm going to bed at seven because <laughs> I'm waking up at 330 or four. Like it is on like I am up before the sun. But yeah. that's a real thing. There's a, there is an early chronotype found through research commonly known as the early bird refers to somebody who likes to rise very early, usually before the sunrise. A normal chronotype is somebody that typically rises around sunrise. I think okay. that's kind of like you. Aren't you? You know, you're you're an after you're an after no. guy. Okay. I mean, it. You know, yeah. Sunrise maybe in winter. You know, when sunrise is at nine thirty. Okay. Uh, and then there is the late chronotype, refers to commonly known as night owls. Most people fall naturally into one of these three types. Okay, so there's three of them. Three types, generally yep. speaking. Yep. yep. The Hazada people of Tanzania are hunter gatherers whose lifestyles remain whose lifestyles remain. Much like early humans, perhaps the most like early humans of any population on Earth. There's the line with the sentinel theory, first proposed in 1960. In essence, it says that somebody that needs to stay awake to keep watch for a predator at any time of the night or day will. Okay. So sometimes your environment can influence you as much as your chronotypes. Let's uh, let's open up the phones on this. 329-1899 if you'd like to get in. We welcome uh, Jasper to the show. Wants to talk to us a little bit about the sleep schedule. Jasper, what do you got? What, what, where are you at on this? Hey, I was just wondering if you guys had any notions on whether or not, like, the analysis 
on sleep and focus comes too much from the perspective of like a 30 something or 40 something year old man. Cause we're talking about young kids who are in adrenaline filled situations. Mm -hmm. Like nothing is going to snap you into focus more like being in a game time situation. Whereas like these studies and we're talking about peak focus, we're talking about like the relative, relatively small differences in like our day to day focus. Whereas, what we're really talking about is a young person who's much more physically flexible than, than the analysts are in hyper adrenaline filled situations. Well, it, Jasper, I think it's a great point, and thanks for the call. Actually, a, a fantastic because he, you're right. When he's talking about focus, it's like when's the best time for me to read a book? But like, if you woke me up at two a.m. and my house was being robbed, guess what? I'm locked in, buddy, right here, right now. You know, it doesn't, it's not going to take me any time to get going. And the same thing, like, when you walk out that tunnel and that ball's kicking off, I mean, Colton, you and I have both been on the football field, you know, even, you know, high school, whatever, doesn't matter when. You start, when that kickoff happens and you're running down to cover a kick, 3 a.m., 3 p.m., does not matter, let's go, right? I mean, that's that's the feeling that you have on that. For sure, no doubt. I, I think it is an interesting point um and i don't know i think that there's a lot of different variables here no doubt uh, but i also think what you're saying your your main premise is that it's um, it, it's a lot more exaggerated than it needs to be well it, it is and and i think and again uh, i think jasper makes a great point the the issue really isn't about the game time right it is about the uh it is about uh uh talking about like the lag time if it's a night game in these four hours in between mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the nerves that can build up you know if you're nervous you got more energy that you're losing using and i have experienced this playing you know sports in you know playing lacrosse in college playing you know football before that where you're always ready to go at the beginning but sometimes all of a sudden you just don't have anything left in the tank it's not because you're not well conditioned it's not because you weren't prepared to go but you just sort of you you can you you can kind of blow your load so to speak your energy beforehand before the kickoff of the game the start of the football game start of the lacrosse game whatever and come to the third quarter you're sitting there and go I don't know why I can't run around I don't know why I don't, I'm a step slow here well maybe it's because you were literally doing nothing but you were in anticipation mode and now all of a sudden you get to the point where you need it and it maybe it's not there now, I don't know how you combat that necessarily but again I think the, the the sleep thing and the kickoff thing and all that is is made too much of. It is interesting thinking about young people. There's been a couple high schools that uh, I think there's been more than a couple, but there's been a couple high schools that have gone uh, that have been part of experimental studies of moving when school starts back a little mm -hmm. while, start school at nine and have it go until five instead of starting school at seven and having it go till three. It's dual reasons. One, let the kids get a little bit better sleep, be more rested than nobody's falling asleep in their first period of class. You have a, you have a much more realistic chance to eat breakfast, like likely, because you just have a little bit more time. But then also, when almost every kid get in trouble between 3.30 and 5.30 yeah. before their parents get home. So then you have, then they're getting off work at the same time as their parents too. So I, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I always thought it was funny that like a big sky high school, when we were in high school, you had, you, it's 715 is when it starts. There's very few jobs. I mean, 
there's a lot of eight eight to fivers. There's a lot of nine to fivers. There's very few seven amers. I mean, there's people that get up early to start working and stuff. But as far as far as like just a traditional job, hardly anybody has to be at school at the time that the high school kids do. Mister V, God bless him, over there at Franklin Elementary was Alethea's kindergarten teacher, and you know we're trying to figure it out. She's our first child in school. You know. I want to say something along the line. I think there's maybe 26 or 30 tardies. Well, guess what? Tardies? It's not the responsibility of the kindergartner. <laughs> it's dad. It's it's dad. A hundred percent. And, you know, I, I I must say, I it's, you know, I own this. This is all on me. I mean, you know, I'm the adult here. I should be able to get my child to the thing. But, it you know, the idea that – and this was, I think – I think they started at 8, right at 8. But the idea that you're starting school at 7 or 7.15 or even 7.50, whatever, it's insane to me. Insane to me. Now, I know, look, and I got a lot of friends who look at me like I got four heads, okay? Because I got some friends who got some kids. They're up at 4. They're up at 5 o'clock. They go, you, what do you mean you're asleep at 7.30? We've been, we've been up two hours at 7.30, and I go, you got to be kidding. And they go, you got And I'm like, why are you here? Because invariably, it's 9 p.m. when we're seeing each other. What what are you even doing? How are you alive at this time if you've been up since 5.30 with your children running around the place? My, I mean, listen, I don't contribute much to my family, okay? Besides the only one that has a job. That is not true. Why are you trying to put me in the doghouse like this on live radio? Now, but the one thing that I do think that both Tina and I did pretty good job of from a gene standpoint is giving our kids to eat gene and giving our kids to sleep gene. And that is, will always be one of the great gifts I've ever received was that the, the, the kids, look, Zoe. Four years old, nine o'clock on the daily, maybe later. I mean, it's it's glorious. You know what I mean? Now, I I, I can't help you out there if your kids are up at five a.m. chopping at the bit to get going. Did, if my kids wake up at five o'clock, I can promise you what's going to happen: nothing. They can go wander around the house. They can turn on all the water. We can get a flood going. I'm out, buddy. I'm out. You're up right now. Go do your thing. I don't know. Yeah, play with the rabbit. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I'm not getting up. So that's, you know, tough life. Stutel Nuanas, our number one in the books. We didn't get to the czar of sports. We will get to it. We will also talk a little bit of Seahawks football. We might talk about AB's new old helmet, which he has gotten. We'll cover what we can. And also in a half an hour, Tommy Evans going to make an appearance and certainly not be able to defend himself. Coulter, this is the day. I mean, it's like, what, 78 degrees out there, sunshine. We had a minor hurricane blow through over the weekend, and now it's all back to normal, and it's time to get to the golf course. And if you want to go golfing, you got to go to the Canyon River Golf Club. Canyon River out there in East Missoula, spectacular setting, as you know. The club is in perfect shape. The greens, perfect. The grass, perfect. Perfect. It is beautiful. 
and uh, the course is is 100% rocking and rolling. They have a brand new fleet of golf carts. We've been telling you about this with the Shark Experience, the interactive, uh, 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 you know, holes that you can touch, set up shots, no distances, and all of that. Surround sound music, Bluetooth, satellite radio, all of that. You can also, if you want to even go faster, get on the fin cycle, mm. a motorcycle golf cart. I mean, let's go, Sun Mountain Sports. There you go, developing something useful and fun and enjoyable. Everybody complaining about the pace of play. Look, Brooks Kapka got nothing on me on that fin cycle when I'm riding around. Unless, of course, I wreck it. I'll try not to do that. But you go, you ride around, you put the golf clubs right there in front of you. You ride a motorcycle around the golf course playing golf. That is a good time, people. Online, CanyonRiverGolfClub.com. You can make tee times. You can save a ton of money, too. They always have great, like, fire-to-style uh, savings on daily tee times on their uh, on their website. You can find a bunch of other specials as well. Dine at the Fox Den. The ultimate golf experience in and around Missoula, the Canyon River <laughs> Golf Club. CanyonRiverGolfClub.com. Go now. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 